This is Daniel Figella, and you're listening to the AI in Business podcast. We are addressing a use case in this episode that we've never covered before. We've talked about logistics. We've talked about predicting inventory levels. We have not talked about the transportation needs for renewing commodities or resources. We're talking about propane delivery efficiency in this episode, which is something I never knew I'd even say the word propane on this podcast. But hey, after eight long years, finally it's happened. And we're talking about a very, very interesting use case in that space. Our guest is Sanjay Chopra. He is the CEO and founder of Cognistics. Cognistics is based in the Pittsburgh area. They work with propane and commodities distributing companies. We talk about the problem with inefficient delivery for propane. What does it cost to the bottom line of these distributors? And the numbers are pretty big. We talk a little bit about how companies are trying to handle this traveling salesperson problem of being able to fill up tanks and service their different customers today and where AI can fit into the mix. There's a lot of detail in this episode about the importance of data, what data in particular we need to track and how that data is used to be able to unlock value. Big, big importance on the upfront work around data. And in this particular case, again, being a very novel use case, I thought it was a lot of fun to explore that stuff. At the end of the episode, we talk a little bit about what this application for AI might mean for other commodities. There's many, many things that need to be delivered outside of propane. What does that mean for the future of other commodities? That's what Sanjay and I unpack at the end of this episode as well. This episode is brought to you by Cognistics. If you're interested in learning more about working with Emerge and you're an AI vendor that wants to reach a global executive audience, you can go to emerj.com slash ad1. That's ad like advertise and then the number one. Without further ado, let's roll right into this episode. This is Sanjay with Cognistics here on the AI and Business Podcast. So Sanjay, welcome to the program. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to be able to dive in because we are touching on a use case we've never covered before. I very I very frequently do not say that, but today we are definitely touching on something pretty unique. We're talking about delivery efficiency, and in this case, we're talking and we're starting our conversation here uh, in the propane sector. Talk to us a little bit about why delivery efficiency is such a big deal for folks in propane and energy, and we'll we'll kind of start with that big picture. Absolutely. So, Dan, again, Thank you for having me, and I'm glad we're bringing something new to the podcast and to your program. So the big problem that we're solving in the propane distribution company is companies struggle with data, and as a result of that struggle, they struggle with what we call efficient deliveries. So ideally, what you want to do is go fill a propane tank for a customer when it is 20% full. So you have a nice delivery, they still have enough capacity, enough propane left in case you know there is a delay of a couple of days here or there. You make the best delivery possible, they're happy, you're happy, and it sort of you know optimizes the operations. But the problem is in the past, sort of, you know, propane distribution companies have emerged as a result of acquisitions. So they acquire a lot of other mom and pop companies and operations. They have bad data. Over time, their customers' usage of propane has changed. They may have added a new fryer. They may have added more manufacturing capacity or reduced the capacity. And if you don't know this, you will make bad predictions. So basically, you know, before AI, they made the best guess, guesstimate or an approximate algorithm to predict when people will be running out. And now what we're able to do is twofold that. One, clean the data, and two, 
then based on that clean data, make a very solid prediction, hey, this is the time to go fill propane for this customer. Got it. And and you and I had talked a little bit off microphone about some of the some of the reasons that this is of of such great value to energy folks. As you'd mentioned, there's a situation where people run out of energy. That's a really good way to lose a customer probably or or have a very costly emergency where you have to send somebody out. And there's also cases where you're driving all this way just to fill up 10% of their tank. What kind of cost does that translate for folks? I mean, you guys are building a business around this, so clearly there's there's enough demand and enough impact for people to really care. What does this mean for their bottom line? That's a great question, Dan. And in fact, that's where the real uh, operational efficiency comes in. So in the case of most propane distribution companies, the average delivery cost to deliver sort of is anywhere between $30 and $40. So let's say it's an assumption sort of if you have 100 to 200,000 inefficient deliveries, that could cost you millions of dollars where you're going many more times than you should be going. What you don't want to do is absolutely avoid zero faults. And what we mean by that in, 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 in propane lingo is you go in and the customer says, hey, I have enough propane, I don't need any more. Can you come back next week? So that's a zero fill, and you want to avoid that. And typically what we've seen is because of bad data and bad predictions, companies make hundreds of thousands of these inefficient deliveries, costing them millions of dollars. On the other hand, like you were saying, the, the scenario where the customer ran out of propane, and that's the worst case scenario because now your cost is three to four times that of a normal delivery. It's about $100, $100 plus. You have customer service involved. You sometimes end up sort of, you know, taking a truck by itself to take care of that situation. More importantly, you know, because of poor customer service, there's a likelihood you might lose that customer. So you want to absolutely avoid those. So that's where the real ROI and the benefit comes in by applying AI, by cleaning the data, we are able to sort of really drive operational efficiencies for supply chain logistics, specifically propane distribution companies. Got it. Okay. So this is starting to click. And I think for the listeners, the the tie to the ROI is, is making sense here. Let's talk a little bit about how this is achieved today. I really do want to get into what kind of data is used, how it's cleaned, et cetera. And that's going to be a fun part of our conversation. But l- let's start off with what distributors are doing now. I imagine there's some mom and pop distributors who maybe don't have too much of an option than doing something the old school way, but there's probably very large companies still doing things the way that they did it 20 years ago. What is the state of the art for how this problem is being solved currently? So the state of the art is worst case, you have some frequency you know, system where you say hey, every two, three weeks or a schedule that you have kind of developed, which you think is optimal, and you, you take that schedule to do propane deliveries. Best case scenarios in terms of you know status quo in the industry is um, using the data you have, then having a prediction algorithm which is you know heuristic based or rules based that sort of says hey here is when we think this customer would run out of a given commodity, and to go fill that commodity. So that's the status quo, and what is different with AI is twofold actually. First, we clean the data. And that's where I think a lot of customers lack is they don't have good data. It doesn't matter 
how good their prediction, normal algorithmic prediction strategy is, they will get a bad result because if the data is bad, it's not, it's going to be suboptimal, right? The other part of it is once we clean the data and then we use deep learning and other sort of, you know, sophisticated models to come up with predictions, that's when you really see the, the efficiency come out from an AI perspective. Got it. So let's talk first about the kinds of data used. So maybe they have a, a very rote schedule. You're saying that's kind of a, you know, a worst case scenario. Maybe they have some kind of an informed schedule, but either way, it might not be totally accurate. It's kind of based around some rules or some some sets of guesses as opposed to being as calibrated as it can be for exactly when are we going to hit that that 20% refill mark that you were talking about as kind of the ideal. You know, not being in the propane distribution industry, and probably many of our listeners are not in propane specifically, I wouldn't know exactly what data is being used here. But I would imagine we would know when our truck is sent out, we would know how much fuel was actually distributed at that time to that specific customer. So that customer has an ID, and we know exactly how many liters were provided on that specific day. We know how long our truck spent on the road and how many liters it distributed during its time out on the road. What what are the data points that we actually have to even start cleaning here? Because cleaning the data is a great is a great thing. The first thing is what kind of data do we need to collect? Absolutely, and you nailed quite a few of those, Dan, when you sort of enumerated what all needs to be cleaned. But actually, the problem is even more basic. Sometimes you don't even know the tank size in terms of gallons that is there. So let's say if the customer initially had a 100-gallon tank, right? Then you updated it, and then that's, that's the order that came in, and it's part of your ERP system, whether it's JD Edwards or Oracle or SAP, and that's the customer master record. Every once in a while, sort of some customer said, hey, I'm using a lot more propane. Can I get a sub-tank, another tank? And now sort of they have 200 gallons capacity or 150 gallon capacity, but somehow because of bad data or operational efficiencies, your customer master doesn't reflect that. You don't know what type of tank they have. Is it an overground tank or an underground tank that they added? Now, because not knowing sort of what, what the tank sub-tank sub configuration is, what the size of the tank is, you can see sort of the predictions you're going to be making are, are poor. The other area where sort of, you know, is sometimes customers move and the customer master record, we forget to update the addresses. And if you have bad addresses, now you're trying to schedule based on a bad address, you're not going to be making efficient deliveries. You also very rarely find out what the usage is. You know, like I was saying, if they say it's a hotel and they use propane and they've added a new pool, which is being heated, their consumption is going to go up drastically. Or if they have added a new restaurant with the deep fryers, their consumption is going to go drastically. If that is not effectively communicated to you and you know, don't know about those things, you're basically always playing, you know, catch up and saying, hey, we need to go more often, we need to go more often, and your algorithms revert back to the same schedule that they're used to. Maybe they're catching up eventually because they see more and more being delivered, gallons being delivered to this customer. But that's where you know we come in and sort of force we a make sure all the tanks, sub tank, and basic configuration data is good, address data is good, 
can then sort of look at consumption data and have uh, sophisticated NLP techniques like, you know, going to the websites for some of these customers, large customers, and figuring out what the usage might might have changed. Or, you know, if the driver's finding it out as part of the delivery, make it simple as part of an app or other techniques to update that data and then make the predictions based on that. Yeah, this is, uh, so you're touching on a lot and we we definitely... We definitely have plenty to unpack here. So as you mentioned, some of the considerations are even more basic than what I had listed. It's it's really just fundamental data about the customers. It would seem to me that filling in that data, if we, if we show up somewhere to a propane distributor and they really just have not been tracking how many gallons these tanks hold, they have not been tracking when their customers move in the last 18 months. They're just filling up the tanks. They don't need they need to fill up. And ah, some of the names aren't really appended, right? There's gonna be a good amount of back work to to get that done. It would actually feel pretty darn challenging to to fill all of that. I guess like to your point, we might have to spend months and months going out to these locations with a, a tablet or something and saying, okay, Steve, every time you do a delivery, we're going to get the tank volume and we're going to enter it here. We need to get our data labeled up. It feels like there's got to be an audit process and then there's got to be some kind of a a data intake revision process where now we're going to start collecting this moving forward because we weren't in the past. What is that like? Because those changes are hard in a big enterprise at a bank, never mind at a propane distributor, what, what does it look like to get people to overhaul this this data infrastructure and intake? So it's hard, and that's where AI can help tremendously, Dan. And the reason why I say that is the following. We can find, because of business rule, because of AI ML models, anomalies in the data, and then we can identify you know, whether the tank capacity is wrong, whether sort of, you know, other fields, obviously we, we have mechanisms to do geotagging and uh, geolocation to get the addresses right, based on deliveries um, and, and matching that information. So what AI allows us to do is keep the human out of the loop. Well, that's what you want to do is because you bring in the human in the loop, it will take forever to clean the data and it'll cost a lot. So that's where, you know, the efficiency from AI comes in we can identify millions of these data problems. And then what we can also do is begin to automatically, once the customer is comfortable with the algorithm and the results of the uh, algorithm, update the customer master record in, you know, let's say SAP or the base systems, because that's when you get the operational efficiency because bringing a human in the loop Let's say if you were a person working for a propane distribution company and then every morning I give you 10,000 records to clean, you're going to quit two days later. And as it is, it's very hard to find people. And it's a pretty mundane job. You know, nobody's going to be signing up saying, hey, I, my team's got this. I'll clean up millions of records. So automating it, then predicting and continuing the loop with business rules and AI ML scenarios is what really makes you a very efficient organization. Got it. So the work has to be done <laughs> up front. And then as, as you had said, in some way automated so that we don't need to count on human error. We don't need to count on Steve showing up at Sally's house or, or Sally's business and asking, hey, by the way, what's the total gallons here? We, we've got to find ways to kind of get this stuff handled without that 
that manual effort, if I'm hearing you correctly? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Because even if Steve asks Sally that, Sally won't have an idea. Oh, exactly. That's my thought is how, how the heck is she supposed to know? Yeah. I mean, she says the best I can do is bang a stick on the tank and tell you to try to guesstimate with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That doesn't help anybody. <laughs> no, no. So, all right. So we've got we've to do some level of an audit. We've got to set in place some strong business rules so that you guys have the base data that you need to actually make some decent predictions. Once we have that, so let's just say, okay, we've been able to level up I, our- Actually, again, let oh, me interrupt ahead. you there. Yeah, please, please. Uh, the power of the tool is to help you clean the data in the first place. That's a big got benefit it, of it, the data it, quality it. engine, is we will look at your current data and help you clean the data, then put in our business rules logic. We can even sort of customize our business rule logics, and we have hundreds of these business rules with what you think is more optimal, and augment it with the AIML scenario, and the total package is what delivers value. Got it. Okay, so the data cleaning, there's a big opportunity for AI here. Obviously, just with clean data, we're able to make predictions that are pretty good. I mean, I would imagine if we're a propane distributor, it seems like even if all we had was accurate data, there would be a lot that we could do that by itself. I mean, if we know when we showed up, how much fuel we put in, what the total volume is of the tank, et cetera, and we can see that over time and we're accurately tracking all of our customers, at that point, we could probably even just have a human being take a gander at that and say, okay, I can make some more realistic assessments now of, of sort of where and how I can make these deliveries. But obviously, AI is able to help as well. Once the AI can help clean up the data, talk a little bit about where AI fits into helping improve our scheduling process and, and the use of our trucks. Yep, yep. And, you know, to your uh, remark about a human taking a gander at it, they could, but the problem is if you have, you know, a couple of million customers all spread all across the U.S. or a few hundred thousand customers, it's going to be very hard for humans to do it. Oh, and yeah. even sophisticated algorithms that try to make predictions don't do a good job because things change. You know, the weather is a big factor. Another big factor is usage. Things change. Business operations change. COVID happens. You know, there's a lot of variability that is why this is a good problem to have a dynamic algorithms or dynamic rules along with AI and ML models to make the best predictions. So we take weather into account, we take usage into account, we modify those uh, uh, predictions very quickly based on other factors. And then sort of, you know, in some cases also have many models come up with the predictions and deliver the best value to the customer, whether it's heuristics-based or, you know, deep learning-based, so on and so forth. Got it. Okay, cool. And in terms of the outputs for the user, do they have kind of a, a, a normal dashboard that they use for this kind of planning and then your technology sort of layers on top of that? Or do you guys go the route of, of them having some sort of a newer interface that they can interact with to see what these, you know, AI-optimized routes are, are you know, where they're going to? So we do actually have a dashboard and we also have APIs as part of that dashboard that talk to the base systems. So the dashboard is somewhere they can come in, they can look at all the anomalies, they can see all the fixes that are happening, they can then go in and make the predictions or we could push 
the predictions via APIs or other interfaces to their existing system. So we are very open and flexible from that perspective, Dan. Sort of, you know, we obviously have the dashboard with all the capabilities there. But again, the whole idea is not to sort of, you know, force them to use our given dashboard, but integrate it in the best way possible with their current business operations to maximize uh, operational efficiency for them. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, we see even within relatively far along and relatively digitally transformed sectors like, let's say, retail banking or wealth management or something like that, even there, we really do see a lot of vendor companies go with kind of leveling up or integrating with existing interfaces and just adding value to a lot of the default interfaces people are using because editing workflows adds kind of this change management aspect that is vastly beyond what what simply the, the, the value of AI actually involves. So to your point, you guys are leaving it flexible and it seems like kind of a smart thing for vendors to do. If people want to use your dashboard, they can do it. But if they'd like to integrate with the systems that they use to kind of track their routing, you guys have APIs and integrate to those as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it doesn't take a huge operational, you know, organizational change to implement. What you can do is have a tiger team of a couple of people really focusing on the AI outputs, pushing all the information through. So the rest of the operations can, can be the same. They can use the same tools that they used to, to do. Yeah. Now they're just getting much better data in them in the first place and getting much better predictions as a result. Well, this is an important lesson for the listeners here. I mean, if you are a vendor, it is very, very hard to uh, count on workflow change within your clients. That's something the five years ago, pretty much every AI vendor that raised money ended up learning the hard way. And obviously, as an enterprise leader as well, it's useful to know with the vendors you're talking to, are you able to still use the software you have, or are you going to have to change the actual place where, where people are doing their current workflows, because the latter is certainly a bigger a bigger lift. So Sanjay, this, this takes us to kind of thinking a little bit about the future and the bigger picture here. I can think as you're talking here, we're talking about optimizing delivery times, we're looking at amount of you know this particular substance, in this case, propane that we're delivering. My mind is going to gasoline, my mind is going to lumber, my mind is going to steel. I mean, I, I can't think about how many kinds of materials and, and commodities have to get shipped around to different places. When you think about the bigger picture of this kind of technology, where it might take us in the future, what are the other sectors, industries, workflows where, where this same kind of use case is something that you think could deliver the kind of the highest value? No, absolutely, Dan. You nailed it in terms of you know the capability of the technology. Obviously, we are industry agnostic. Really doesn't matter what commodity is being delivered. But any commodity where a provider is providing to many other businesses or many other consumers is a great fit for this. It could be steel, it could be gasoline, it could be lumber. And as you know, in today's markets where inflation is so high and it's hard to get these commodities, you want to be as operational efficient as possible. So if, you know, I think this is where companies that you know, adapt technology that makes them much more efficient will really, you know, capture the market better than others will because these commodities are much harder to come by and the prices have gone up drastically for these. Having operational efficiency, you can pass the savings on to your customers, keep them happy, 
keep satisfied customers and move forward that way. But again, to your question, the technology is agnostic. It is independent. It could be any commodity being distributed to many customers. Got it. And and my guess is that, again, yeah, clearly that the technology stack is not propane specific. Your experience thus far has discovered some interesting elements of kind of the data features that you need to track in propane. For example, if we're delivering lumber, the the number we're looking at is not how big is the tank, right? We're not going to need that data point anymore. My guess is that in different sectors, we would simply have different data points about customers and deliveries that might be relevant for that kind of material, but that the overall system of what we're optimizing for stays the same. Is that kind of accurate to presume? Absolutely accurate. And that is where, you know, we have developed the system with the right layers where, you know, the business rules can encapsulate, you know, lumber delivery versus uh, propane delivery versus gasoline delivery versus steel or copper delivery a lithium delivery, and the rest of the the structure uh, of the system from a, is you know multi-tenant, and we can you know really easily adopt to many different customers from that perspective. Got it. Cool. Well, I think for for the folks tuned in, hopefully this has been a fun episode for you, Sanjay. We've we've talked about you know estimating delivery times and estimating inventory levels. We really haven't talked about this interesting use case of constant refilling, of basically fulfilling the orders of existing customers, not from a one-off order, but from kind of a rotation schedule among customers. Very much uh, a unique one for the podcast and also very much one that I'll be interested to follow in the years ahead because clearly the economic value is there. So Sanjay, this has been a fun jaunt into your world of AI. Thank you so much for being with us. It was a pleasure and thank you for the opportunity and a lot of fun talking to you. So that's all for this episode of the AI and Business Podcast. A big thank you to Sanjay for being able to break down this use case. I had fun with this one because we've just never covered this exact kind of use case. And I thought that it was useful. Hopefully for you tuned in, whether you're in the logistics and sort of supply chain world or not, there were a couple things to learn. I did think that the points about being able to get clean data and what kind of data features actually really matter for this use case were pretty darn applicable in terms of a way of thinking for other business problems as you're assessing the suite of problems that you might address AI with. I appreciate you being here with us as a listener. If you're not already a newsletter subscriber, I'd like to make sure you're with us there too. You'll never miss a podcast and you'll also never miss any of our latest industry coverage, use cases, and infographics about the ROI and applications of AI. You can go to emerj.com slash N1. That's N like the word newsletter and then the number one. emerj.com slash N1. Sign up for the newsletter. It's every Tuesday and every Thursday. We send you all of our latest interviews and updates. If you want to stay ahead of the curve and find new profitable AI opportunities and also learn more about how other startup leaders and business leaders are shepherding their AI projects towards a high ROI, then you'll want to make sure you're subscribed there again. emerj.com slash N1. Thanks again for listening. I look forward to catching you in the next episode here on the AI and Business Podcast.